This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by WarbyParker.com. Get a free five-day home try-on at WarbyParkerTrial.com slash red. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country, And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back-of-the-packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Runny Drink Podcast. This is episode 88 zero and i am your host amy it's a nice round number and i'm your co-host dana welcome to the show we hope we're joining you on your long run on your commute and we're making it a little bit more enjoyable you can tune into us and tune out the pain of pounding the pavement or having to cook dinner or mow the lawn or whatever that was a lot of alliteration that's probably all i can muster tonight I'm still dehydrated from my long run over the weekend. Boy, yeah, you. I went to work and you went out on the street to complete your long run this weekend. Wow. Yeah, well, I got a late start and I was fortunate the weather here in Florida is finally starting to, I don't want to say cool off because that's wrong, but it's starting to dehumidify. (laughs) Dehumidify. So it it starts, the the humidity climbs overnight and gets into the 70s or 80%, and then it it drops off throughout the day. So by 8 or 9 in the morning, you're only talking about 46% humidity. Yeah, but do you think it's going to stay that way, or you just think it's like some kind of front? Or I, I mean, because I remember still having a really high humidity in terms of long runs last year. Oh, yeah. So I, I think it's a temporary reprieve, or maybe that's just me. I'll take whatever I can get. I'm not yeah. complaining. I'm, uh, it's just tough. Yeah. So I, I, I did my, my nine miler over the weekend. I, I actually jumped on Facebook live a little bit. You did. And I, I, it was actually, you know how they say you, you learn something about yourself in every run or yeah. something to take away. I actually, I, I learned quite a bit actually. Number one, I <laughs> learned that I really can't wait to get back to being able to run. Uh, the, the walking is starting to drive me nuts and I find myself thinking I could run a little bit here it'd be all right my you're holding yourself back my knee was feeling good I I, I actually was oh. the knee was feeling good I also learned that I can walk and do it without the knee brace I tried mm. doing it without the knee brace yeah. this week uh, two weeks ago I did my training run or no I'm sorry last week I did my training was seven, miles. seven miles yeah did it with the knee brace and that thing gave me one heck of a of a a blister. Yeah, bare skin and then the knee brace is not, not, not a good, mix. good. So I I decided, oh, I'm going to give it a try and see how it goes. And actually that went that worked out really well. So that was something that I learned. And then I also learned that intermittent fasting and long runs don't really mix very well. Please elaborate. <laughs> well, at about I know where you're going, at, but at really a, people about, ought to know. Between mile 4 and mile 5, I started really getting 
little bit lightheaded. So to this point in the run, you had not eaten. Had not eaten a thing. And let me back up. Yeah. I, we, well, we, we do intermittent fasting. So Mm -hmm. we'll stop eating at night by really no later than an hour after you get off work. So Mm -hmm. depending on the, that time of night, might be eight o'clock or nine o'clock, just depends on the night. And then we don't eat until the next day until noon. I think the mm. earliest I'll eat is 1130, mm-hmm. usually noon. And I thought to myself, well, I'll go out, I'll knock, knock this out and, you know, no big deal. Well. And not eat beforehand not eat beforehand. or during well, and that, just wait till after, right? That, that's what I thought that's was going to happen. That is not what happened. No. So my, my nine miler was in fact broken into two runs because I, I ended up, I finished the first 5K. I had the dogs with me for that. And after the 5K, I brought them in so they could plop down on the, on the tile and just relax like they do. A little bit. And I went back out and I got about a mile and a half, mile and three quarters done. And I, it was like a train hit me. I got uh, Mm. nauseous, lightheaded, just kind of, you know, felt weird. And, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I've got to eat something. So I came back in the house Mm. and, I had some bread and I made some split pea soup for the week and nuked some of that and, mm-hmm. and ate that and went back out and was able to finish. But I mean, that really just hit me quickly and hard. I don't think you were hydrated enough either, it sounds like. I was actually drinking a lot of water. I, I really? consciously, yeah, because one thing that we like to do or especially me is I like to practice like I'm going to play. So mm. even if it's not a very long run, like six miles or eight miles, I'll put on my hydration pack and that way I have it and I'm practicing manipulating it. I'm practicing taking my drinks from it, smart, getting any, anything in and out of the storage compartments mm-hmm. on it. That way on race day, I'm familiar with my equipment, mm-hmm. something I take from, from my day job. You know, we make sure oh, we know sure. where our equipment's located yeah. and you can almost do it by touch. So I had my hydration pack and I actually on the, on the first 5k, I actually finished most of it and I use a, uh, Camelback mm-hmm. Lobo. I think that's one and a half liter of, yeah, of I think liquid, you're right. something like that. It's a low profile, uh, hydration pack that's really made for cyclists and runners, but mm-hmm. but um, it doesn't carry the most water, but it's good enough. It's certainly good enough for a half marathon, especially if the half marathon has on-course support. Mm-hmm. So I went through most of the hydration pack in that first 5K because it was it, it was warm outside, but it wasn't as humid. But with the, once the sun started coming up, mm. I, w- I was feeling it. So I, I kept myself pretty hydrated, but I don't think I was able to to keep up because by the end of the nine miler, I was done. Yeah. That feeling is an uncomfortable and weird feeling. And I also don't think that like the way that hunger hit me like that, I don't Mm. know that I ever really fully recovered from it. Yeah. And I think that once you get in that hole, it's really really hard yourself out. It's really hard. So shame on me for that, but you know, lesson learned. And I Mm -hmm. certainly won't make that mistake again. Uh, For those of you that can do the intermittent fasting or do long runs on an empty belly, more power to you. I certainly can't do it. And I know that's not something I've really trained for. And 
even on, even before the knee surgery, I, we'd always have like our oatmeal in the morning before mm-hmm. the run. And I, yeah. I should have done that. So I learned and I, I was able to take something away from it and yeah. it gave me an opportunity at least to try out some of the new gear. If you mm. happen to catch the Facebook live video, which mm-hmm. is still up on our page, that was the first time I'd done anything with the new iPhone. We just picked up our new iPhone 11. So pretty. So making sure the gear works, making sure all the accounts are logged in. I think that's been the main thing I've been doing all weekend is is spending time re-logging into all my accounts because I yeah. didn't I, did, I started over with the new phone and just said I'm going to vote all my apps back onto the island mm-hmm. instead of voting them off the island and sometimes it's nice to have a fresh start yeah so I got a fresh start on the tech mm. and uh, got a chance to test that out so yeah that was what I was able to to do with my my training update here those and those are some good lessons yeah and as far as, as far as the update on my knee i am still recovering i have my, my first physical therapist has left the country for mm-hmm. family stuff so oh. i'm on to a new pt and she is kicking my butt She's had me doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So you have described and this week. I've been in a constant state of muscle soreness, so mm. I think that's good. But she's she's confident that I'll be able to do the run in Key West in mid-October. Mm-hmm. So That you'll be able to do intervals? Be able to do intervals. She's nice. actually going to have me doing more intervals this week on the treadmill. And then she says, I want to build you up there, and then we'll get yeah. you out to doing intervals on the road. Fantastic. So coming soon. Yay. To, to a street near you. What about you? Well, we didn't do much running. To, we didn't do any running together. So well, what, what, what did your training look like this week? It was a little bit of a, a hectic work week anyway. My schedule had speed work. Last week was a 13 and a half mile long run. And ever since Anchorage, you, you know, every other week you want to do one around that to kind of maintain the endurance that you built up or so Jeff says. Mm-hmm. Jeff Galloway. America's who, coach. Yeah, who is currently across the pond. <laughs> I, actually, I actually got to, um, on my long run, one of the folks in the um, in the Extra Mile podcast was live streaming his talk oh, at a race shop there fantastic. in London, and or in England, and I was able to... To listen to his talk, I think on the they run. talked about it being in Cardiff. I don't. I'm not. So. Yes. Not really familiar, but I saw pictures, and I was so excited for them because there's nothing like that. There is absolutely nothing like that. I know I'm supposed to be given my kind of training update, but just an aside. When we went during the first year of the podcast to see Jeff and to go through his running school in Orlando at the Track Shack. Yep. Shout out to the Track Shack. Yeah. It was incredible. Very motivating. Motivating, informative. Yeah. Very well attended. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody walked out of there feeling really good about it, whether they were a current Galloway runner or they were just starting their run, walk, run journey. They, yeah. were, they were feeling good about it. So positive, so patient, and so full of tips and tricks no matter whether somebody is just adopting the run walk run method or is really experienced and i'm gonna go to do an ultra and here are my questions or a multi-race weekend challenge and here are my questions so uh, it's just fantastic so i'm 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 glad you caught some of that i did and i know that you were doing some something with the intervals because i I saw you running as i was heading to work Mm -hmm. and you were doing some some different interval. Jeff was kicking your butt this week. Yeah, I had half miles 
in place of a long run scheduled this past weekend. And then, you know, during the week we do two shorter 30 to 45 minute runs. Mm -hmm. But the long run, he had me doing half miles. And when you're not doing your long run and you're doing the half miles, they progressively get, how can I say it's one week you'll do four of them and then you'll increase. So they increase. Yeah, you do from week you do more half mile yeah. runs. Yeah. And your goal is to get negative splits during mm-hmm. that string of yeah. half mile runs. Negative splits for those of you that are maybe new to running or not mm. into running, meaning that your time for that prescribed length gets mm-hmm. shorter. Yeah. So. so and before when I was starting out with the four and the six half miles, I was getting really frustrated with myself because I couldn't get those negative splits. And I think that there was something wrong with the run-walk-run ratio that I had going on and a little bit of an IT band issue that I'm fighting right now. So I'm handling the IT band issue with the BFF massager, Mm -hmm. which Jeff has up on his website and they have a whole website. It's just, it's a running recovery tool. And that has been really, really great because it works out really tight muscles and you just picture like a, a sander or a buffer that's like... Yeah, for like an auto, like if you're for, waxing your car. Yeah, if you're waxing your car. So that it, it's it like vibrates a, and mm-hmm. it rotates. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this thing's powerful. Yeah. It shakes the house. It's awesome. About. It and is awesome. I think that they have a, a travel size that I would love to get my hands on. So <laughs> maybe... Uh, so I'm hoping that's going to help my IT band issues that I'm having here. And so I reported my frustration to Jeff mm-hmm. in my e-coaching. We email back and forth every week. And he said, Amy, you know, you're starting out too fast. You're starting out too fast. So dial it down. And he gave me some ratios to follow. And he said, your mission is do the first one as, as slow as a warm up, and then progressively get faster. Your goal is to get faster and faster from that beginning point. That beginning point does not have to be so fast. So, and he said the same thing of the cadence drills that I do during the week on Tuesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. either Tuesday or Thursday, and the acceleration gliders. And cadence drills, in 30 seconds, you count the number of times your foot strikes the ground uh, on one side. So I count my left foot and the number of times that I strike. And it's, you are supposed to increase those as well. So a a greater number of footfalls Mm -hmm. in the same amount of time. So you're actually running faster, basically. So maybe you have 40 on the first one, maybe then 42 on the next, and so on, working your way up to 50. Gotcha. Or trying to target that. So, and I was trying to start out just having them fast and faster and faster, and he said, Amy, dial it in, because your goal is to complete the training sessions progressively get that negative split, progressively increase the footfalls, practice accelerating through that run interval, and then letting just a natural slow down back into the walk be your guide Mm -hmm. rather than pushing or forcing. And I'm really focused on that. And I was really focused on that in the half miles. And? And it was successful. I had negative splits. So now when I have the long run this weekend to 15 miles, I'm walking that puppy, of course, 
because it's all about the endurance and going beyond the race distance that we're doing at Southernmost and going beyond the race distance at Wine and Dine and Jeff's Race. And there are a lot of schools of thought out there. Many many running coaches and many running programs don't have you run the race. You don't even get to the complete race distance because right. you've done the conditioning and they say you're, you've gotten all the conditioning that you need to do. At that point, you're, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Jeff's philosophy is that your wall... That, that point that you, you when you hit the wall, so to mm. speak, is the distance of your longest run in the last three weeks yes. or six weeks, three weeks, three weeks. Uh, so he likes for you to, uh, you know, within three weeks of your race, do a long run that is longer than the distance of your of your race that you're doing. And it, it sounds brutal, especially if you're getting into things that are like a, 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 full, a marathon. full marathon or more. But I will tell you that once you've gone to, say, a 15-mile distance, mm. it, you he's absolutely right. We haven't had that. In if we've done the running, yes. If we've done the running, we haven't hit the wall before the distance of the race. I feel that, yes. And I just, with a challenge weekend, it can get dicey because then you have to do the back-to-back running days. Like, a challenge weekend is like... If you are doing maybe a 10K on Saturday and a half marathon on Sunday, like, like the, the Wine and Dine two-course challenge that's coming up in November. Exactly. But it, it you have to practice that. You have to have the race rehearsal in in that as well. Yeah. So on those, he actually has you doing two back-to-back training runs. Mm-hmm. And they progressively, through the training season, it'll be here. On Friday, you do one mile. And then on... Saturday, which would simulate the half, you know, you start out at five miles and then three weeks from then, then you up the ante and do, you tack on a couple miles to each of those and you keep working your way up. Yeah. And I believe that they've got some of the training plans that he designed at the Run Disney website. Mm -hmm. And uh, he might even have some of that on jeffgalloway.com. Rundisney.com. You can look up the training plan for the challenges if you need to simulate that kind of thing because they have lots of different challenges. But the important takeaway here is that mm. you got your negative splits. High I five. did. Ooh. Yes. Okay. I did. So I have to be patient with myself. And I think that everybody gets into a time where they get frustrated and they try to push it when really they should dial it back at first. Oh, I... I'm right there. Walking that nine miler, I was so done. I wanted to be off the road. I just wanted yeah. to get it done. That was that was what was tempting me. Yeah. I think more, to run more than anything else. It was just I just want this to be over. But it it pays off in the long run, in long haul, for your race if you're patient and you dial it back and you take care of yourself. Yep. So absolutely, there you are. So we are. On track for Mm -hmm. the southernmost half in Key West as our next named race that we'll be running to train ahead of the Disney Wine and Dine two-course challenge in November. Yeah. So we're on track. That's good. And after all that running. You know, we eat and drink. We do. And I got, like I said, I got very hungry and a little bit of split pea soup and a a couple (laughs) slices of bread wasn't going to cut it. No No. So what I hear when I was at work is that you had Paradise Pizza in Cape Coral. I did. Here locally. Now, 
so that everybody is clear, you know, normally we run together and Mm -hmm. we eat and drink together, but somebody had to work their day job. I did. Somebody was not me this time. So I took it upon myself to take one for the team to go out and do some field work for the podcast to gather content so that we would have something to talk about. And there happened to be a, a... um, I don't know if you would call it, a, well, it was a scavenger hunt. It was a pub crawl or a brewery crawl. It was a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, and it was themed after Marvel's Infinity Gauntlet, and they called it the Infinity Hunt. And that makes me extremely jealous, I'll have you know. All it, the pictures you were sending me, I was extremely jealous. I, I love my day job. I love it. But, I mean, an Infinity Hunt, come on. Yeah, so the Infinity Hunt was put on by Eight Foot Brewing and par- in partnership with several other local establishments here. And I, I'm gonna we're gonna get to the drinking portion in sure. the third segment like we normally do, but I'm just setting the stage for everybody. So yeah. I decided to make my first stop at one of the local establishments that was participating. And that is Big Storm Brewing. And as you all know, we love them. We love Big Storm. They're a local Florida craft brewery and they have a tap room here in Cape Coral and a brewery. They actually Mm -hmm. do brew beers here Mm -hmm. and they have a partnership with a local pizzeria here called Paradise Pizza. Yes. And Paradise has been around for quite a while, but what's great about them is the partnership is basically if you're at the brewery, Mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything except call over, place your order, tell them you're at Big Storm and they package it to go and they run it over to you. It's awesome. It is Food such delivery. a good deal. It's a it's a scaled down menu. Mm-hmm. Although you can order real if you want to just get a pizza and 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 custom make your pizza, they'll yeah. br- they'll bring you anything. But you know the the menu offering there is on the back of the uh, menu there in the in the tap room. Mm-hmm. And my inner eight year old decided <laughs> it was going to come out and play for a little bit because oh, yeah? this was a Marvel themed pub crawl and scavenger hunt (laughs) and i wanted to get some food that was appropriate for that so i went for of all things chicken fingers chicken fingers from a pizza place chicken fingers from a pizza place yeah and i sent you a photo you did and it looked i mean i instantly wanted to come have some with you and what I want to know is... And you're not is, a chicken person, generally. Generally, no. Like, grilled chicken breast. You're bored not, with it. It's not my jam. But if a chicken finger is done well, I love that. It's the breading that is appealing to me and that the chicken is tender and juicy and that it's not tough. Well, okay. And also, dipping sauces. Hashtag dipping sauces. <laughs> well, I, w- I kept it very simple. I went with the chicken finger platter or basket that they do. And it, I was like, all right, you know, let's see what I get. Because I was half expecting, you know, the pre-frozen chicken planks that you get from a lot of places. And then the, the, the frozen french fries. Like little, small. Flat. Flat. Dry mm-hmm. is what I was expecting. But what I ended up getting instead was about a breast and a half worth of what what appeared to me to be very plump, very juicy, fresh breaded chicken that they fried. They made in-house and fried. Oh, my goodness. Three big, I'm using air quotes here. You can't see it. (laughs) Air quotes of 
tenders, which were basically a half of a chicken breast each. They looked huge. They were huge. There's a reason for that. It was I, white meat. White meat. I could have split this with you. Really? And been fine. With the photo, if you look, I believe it's going to be in the episode artwork. It will, yes. It's also in our Instagram feed. The photo shows the French fries. I ended up throwing away half the French fries. No. Because I couldn't eat them all. You didn't and, tell me that. And, he didn't tell me that. And oh my God. I ate everything that was in that picture. The oh. other half of the French fries were in the bag that never oh. saw the light of day because they oh. give you this monster serving of French fries. Oh, this is like a Five Guys situation? Like a Five Guys situation. I will say where I think they cheat a little bit is I think the fries are some prepackaged frozen fries, but they oh. were cooked very well, very mm -hmm. crispy. And I had no complaints because, again, my inner eight-year-old was not there for, I wasn't there for gourmet. Okay. I was there for good. And it <laughs> was good. And the chicken fingers there were better than good. They were great. Mm. I would get them again. Now, what sauce did you get? They, Do you have a choice? Nope. Well, I mean, I guess you could probably request it, but they, they serve it with honey mustard and a little side of coleslaw. Oh, okay. Coleslaw appeared to be fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very good. I I destroyed that in about three bites. You know, it's it's a, a small plastic ramekin that they mm -hmm. give you of coleslaw, and I mean, you know, how could you go wrong with just yeah. a classic chicken tenders and honey mustard? I mean, for you listening now, anyone who has an inner eight year old like Dana, Everybody who wants has an inner eight year old, yes, it's true. Who wants chicken fingers or chicken tenders? Where is your go-to local place? Every town's got one. Yeah, we want to know. And honestly, this might be my new favorite. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were huge. I mean, we come from the land of Publix down here in Florida. Oh, yeah. For and grocery it, stores. For grocery stores and uh, of world-famous sandwich uh, skill and one of the most famous sandwiches is the public sub and it's the chicken tender sub mm -hmm. and Publix makes their own chicken tenders mm -hmm. you know big chunks of chicken breaded fried and all yep. that this was absolutely on par yeah with fresh Publix chicken tenders without hey, a doubt I was looking at their menu online and and some of their stuff looks incredible they have a world famous taco pizza and I don't know if that's a part of that limited menu, like you said, but it it looked like, why is it world famous? I want to know. There are, you know, lettuce and tomato and the ground beef and the and the mixture of mozzarella and cheddar cheese See, and all that. that sounds amazing. And I, but, but. Like a white pizza like that. Not yeah. With, not, not with red sauce, but I want to know about that. And they have calzones and stromboli and. There's the Paradise Deluxe that looks like it has all the meat on it that was just, that looked mouthwatering, like meatballs. Hello. And Calzone and Stromboli, uh, two of my favorites also, because, you know, who doesn't want basically a pizza folded over and baked? Right. So, I, I mean, Paradise Pizza, I mean, they are a Cape Coral staple. They've, mm -hmm. they've been around for quite some time. And the fact that they've, they've gotten on the bandwagon, they're partnering over there mm. with Big Storm, makes Big Storm an even stronger suggestion for mm -hmm. people coming to Cape Coral, looking for a place to hang out, yeah. have, have delicious beer and good food. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you'd ask, you know, tell us where 
you go to satisfy your inner eight-year-old. And yes. hey, maybe it's not chicken tenders for you. Oh, what is your inner eight-year-old's food? Yeah, what's that go-to food for you that kind of scratches that nostalgia itch of childhood? And mm. where do you go to get it? Let oh, us know. Yes. Info at runeatdrink.net. Yeah. Email us. Preferably a sound file. We'd love to get you on the show like we did Rob last week. Or Or, you could call us and leave us a message that we could play. 941-677-2733. Call us. Yeah. Tell us what your your inner eight-year-old would love, that comfort food from childhood. We want to know. Because I think, you know, we talk about some really good food. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes comfort food doesn't have to be fancy. No. In fact, it rarely ever is. And and there are just certain things. And, you know, for me, it's chicken tenders Mm. like that. So I don't know. What about you? For you? Oh, gosh. Like, it's so funny for me to say this to you, mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Mashed potatoes or, oh, just macaroni and cheese, but not the really creamy kind of cheese sauce. It's like you you bake it with the breadcrumbs on the top uh-huh. and it's like a little bit drier, but still you can, you have the cheese pull. Do you know the cheese pull that you see on uh, Food Network? Absolutely. Yeah. Like that, where you can have maybe four or five cheeses in there and it's not, oh, it's like you can just tell it is comfort food. Those are a couple that harken back to just make me feel better after a long run or just make me feel like I'm a kid again and I'm comforted by the food. Not that I need to, you know, eat to be comforted. But, no, you but know, sometimes you do. Sometimes you just want to have a nice snack. You want to yeah. curl up. I know that when you're feeling bad, you'll tell me, go get me mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. You like know? when I'm sick? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mashed potatoes or like the mashed potato bowls with the gravy and oh. the tenders and the corn and the cheese and I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, it's so good. So yeah. folks, tell us about your childhood mm-hmm. um, go-tos and where you currently go in your town mm-hmm. to get them. We'd love to hear from you about yeah. that. Yeah. That way if we come to your hometown to complete a race, we will know where to get the comfort food after. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I was there at at um Big storm, and I got myself something to eat. But I was actually, I was a man on a mission. I was, I was on a mission. This was a pub crawl, brewery crawl. Mm-hmm. It was all breweries and a tap room. Mm-hmm. And you had to go to each one, mm-hmm. and you had to solve a riddle and locate the infinity stone there and these infinity stones were relatively small they were like the actual size of the infinity stones from the movie they were not big it was not like the stones in the infinity gauntlet that you wore on this hunt no no well kind of i mean they look bigger than you than you realize when you actually pull if you were to just look at those stones Mm -hmm. outside of the glove they're not that big they're maybe uh, a couple of centimeters long each. They're mm. really not much to them. Yeah. And they were kind of hard to see. Okay. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I bet I have somebody who could help me out with that. Somebody. 
like Warby Parker. Like Warby Parker, yes. And looking around those breweries and tap rooms for these stones, I was like, maybe I need some glasses. And if I was going to get glasses, I would want some place that's going to let me pick some frames, like say maybe five pairs of frames. Over a five-day period? And not charge me anything to try them on and see how they look and how they fit. Hey, and you don't have any kind of rush over those five days. You can have a fashion show for your friends and family. Make sure that your loved one is happy with how you're going to look wearing those new glasses. And how you feel in them. In your work clothes, in your um, going out on the town nightlife kind of clothes. Just, I'm going out for a run. And at glasses starting at only $95 a pair, it's actually reasonable enough for you to pick a few frames and have your prescription glasses for work, for play, and for your athletic pursuits. Mm-hmm. It's a very reasonable price. Yes, $95, five days, five pairs. And you can take advantage of this and support the show. Most importantly... By going to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash red. Was that WarbyParkerTrial.com slash red for the Run, Eat, Drink podcast? WarbyParkerTrial.com slash red. And I'll even go a step further. If you take advantage of this free trial, send us pictures of the try-on. We'd be more than happy to tell you how you look in your new awesome Warby Parker glasses. You will share your opinion. You have no shame. I have no shame, but I'll tell you what. I I (laughs) can guarantee you it's going to be positive because the frames that they've got on the site are killer. I know, and there are different styles for everybody. Again, starting at 95 bucks, Mm. you really can't beat that. WarbyParkerTrial.com slash red. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. And we thank Warby Parker for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Yes. So. On to the drinking portion of our show. So I'm looking for these stones. I started at at Big Storm Brewing, and I finally found it. And at each place, you would have to answer the riddle. And they had some some really creative riddle writing. It seemed like really complex Some of them were. I was like, man. um, You're better at riddles than I am. Well, I didn't do too bad. Or clues or whatever. So I would go to each place, and I'd get a little taster of the beer. wasn't going crazy, and I was also taking my time. So I mm-hmm. spaced this out over several hours. I kind of made a day of it because you were stuck at work all day long. Yeah. I may as well. well. I was having fun. I was having fun at work, but I would have had fun with you also. Well, I like to think I had more fun because I wasn't mm-hmm. at work. Well, I mean, you. And I was w- driving around town, you know, from place to place, Stopping in for an hour, having my little taster of beer, and I'm taking yes. photos with an okay. actual replica yes. of Thanos's Infinity Gauntlet, which you I have. You had beer, yes. This thing's a monster. Fun. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It lights up. It, it makes, makes sense. noise. You know, <laughs> check out our social media feed for this. It, 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 it's a neat prop. In fact, the guys at Big Storm liked it so much they used it in their social media feed, which was oh, very and you'll nice. see it on the episode artwork. Yeah, yes. shout out to John. Thank you for using that. Oh. It was great. So at Big Storm, I started with a taster of the Munich Dunkel. Yes. That they have there. Because, you know, it's almost Oktoberfest. Well, this is one of the Oktoberfest 
uh, varietals that they are making. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Munich Dunkel is a lagered beer. It's a German-style Dunkel, sometimes referred to as a Muncher. Munchner? I can't spell. I can't pronounce this. Dunkel. We need our friend from Germany to help us. We do. Our fellow listener out there. Yeah. Okay. And it is a very balanced beer. I mean, it's a little bit, has a little bit of chocolatey note, a little bit of malty note, a little bit of biscuity, and a little bit of hop. It is just a, and it's a, it's a darker brown beer. Yeah. Um, This one clocks in at 6.8% ABV. Mm. And I believe this is one that they were brewing at Big Storm in Cape Coral, as opposed to brewing it up in Tampa, if I'm not mistaken. Although they might be brewing it in all of the... I think they're brewing all of the German varietals in all of all them. All the locations? Getting ready for Oktoberfest. I don't know. We can ask John. But the um, the Dunkel was delicious. And now, this is going to be one that they're going to be pouring for their Oktoberfest celebration on October 19th. I want to see you with the Oktoberfest Stein, the Big Storm branded Stein. <laughs> I want to be, well, well, the question is, is it going to be full of the Dunkel or is it going to be full of another varietal? Well, they have two other varietals on tap at Big Storm ahead of Oktoberfest. One is their Oktoberfest, which is their Merzen, mm-hmm. and the other is their Oktoberfest Pils. It's their German pills, oh, which is their North German pills, yeah, so good, fantastic. Gosh. So we're we're again we are kind of in the bag for Big Storm. Yeah. Um, again, not a sponsor, not but a sponsor, hey, but Big Storm, call us. Yeah. So that was where I you. started, and I <laughs> cannot. <it's> okay. <laughs> I cannot recommend that one highly enough. Again, they have a very deep bench of yes. high quality beers but then you went to another one of our favorite places i did um although I, i'm going to skip around a little bit because uh we have them written out here kind oh, of yeah. tell uh, me, geographically but tell I, me how you went in your journey in your hunt i purposefully did this because i was being like super careful having small tasters mm-hmm. and then giving myself tons of time mm-hmm. there so I had at least an hour at each location before I was heading to the next one. So Well, that way you could get a picture of the Infinity Gauntlet or what's Tony Stark's version? Well, it's, it's Tony Stark's version of, of the Gauntlet. The, it's yeah, the, yeah, so it's you the, had them both. I had them both. Yes, I'm that big of a nerd. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have two replicas. Mm-hmm. One is the Iron Man version. The other is the Thanos version of the Infinity Gauntlet. You had to get pictures with the, the beer and it's those. It's a requirement. Yes. So from yes. there, I actually went to a, a spot that we've been meaning to get to on the podcast. Yes, I'm so excited. Tell while. me, tell and me. This tell is me. a place in town called Scotty's Beer Works, mm. and from what I understand, the owner Scott has been a home brewer for quite some time. And is that right? A couple of years ago, he decided to venture out and open his own uh, tap room and brewery. And mm. the space is in the north end of Cape Coral in a, an industrial area. Mm. And they have a great tap room in the front. And then the brewery is actually open to the public as well. Really? And you can go back there and they have, I believe, um, it was a foosball table, a air hockey table, uh, some cornhole. Mm-hmm. And they had a projector going with, I think they had uh, sports playing on the projector at the time. Oh, it would be so cool if they had like... Endgame or something like that. Ugh. 
So, during this event, anyway. Yeah, so during the event. So I, I went from, from Big Storm, I went to Scotty's, and had to solve my riddle there. And the riddle led me back to the area in the back where I had to find the second stone. And it was a little tiny stone taped to the corner of one of the bags of malt. No. Yeah. And oh. I'm like, man, hard to find. But I figured it out. And while I was there, I had a taster of the Irish red ale. And we are fans of red ales. I am a fan of Irish reds, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this... It, is a 5.6% ABV, 24 IBU. They describe it as having a reddish-brown color, and I could not agree more. Mm -hmm. The aroma that they describe on their website is caramel toffee with a touch of roast. And I would say yes. Mm. Yeah, this is is a very traditional Irish red. Okay. Not, Not really bitter? Not, a, not at all. At Again, the beginning, at the end, very anything? no, very balanced. You know, they describe it as slightly malty with a subtle, mm-hmm. soft toffee or caramel sweetness, mm-hmm. a grainy, biscuity palate with a touch of roasted dryness in the finish. That is the perfect description of it. It it doesn't have any hoppy bitterness. Mm. It had, I think, a moderate to heavy carbonation is how I would describe it. I like a heavy carbonation. And it was a medium-bodied beer, and that's what they say, medium body and mm-hmm. mouthfeel, and it was fantastic. Mm. We got to try. They have a big menu of all the different types of beer that they brew. It's mm-hmm. not It's not just singular. It's not. You're not just going to find a red ale. You're going to find a lot of variety on their menu as I was looking. And they do, uh, on Mondays, they do $5 flights. Yeah, and sometimes they'll have food trucks. They were talking about pizza tonight. I don't know. And when I went there for the event, they have a side room that was reserved. There was a birthday party that was going to be happening there. So we need to have a party there. And it's actually a neat space. I mean, uh, very, very well done, very beautiful. Mm -hmm. So they... They the did, picture you took was awesome. They did a fantastic job at turning that place into something with some character. And I think mm. I think that people are starting to learn more about Scotty's. I'm starting to hear more about it out yeah. in the community. And they're starting to get the word out. And I think it's, it's paying off. Yeah. And for the folks that live in the north end of Cape Coral, this mm. is a fantastic place for them to go and try. Yeah. So... Um, I couldn't speak more highly of Scotties. of my experience there Good. And, and the beer that they serve. You have to take me when we're off. Yeah, yeah. Next well, time. Well, I've, and I told them. I actually said, we, you know, we've been meaning to get up here for the show. Mm-hmm. We need to find a, a local race, and then mm-hmm. we can feature them. We've got so this. We will be back to Scotty's at a future episode for mm-hmm. sure. So from there, mm-hmm. that was the second stop. The third stop, I ended up going all the way back downtown to downtown Cape Coral to one of our favorite spots. Oh, this that, is it. Okay. That is when I went over to number three craft brews. Love it there. Of the places in the Infinity Hunt, this is the only one that's not a brewery. Yeah, a tap room and a package yeah, store. Yeah, package store. Um, Number three, you've heard us mention them before. They they are a tap room, so they have yeah. a, a very wide selection of rotating taps. And it doesn't feel like a package store. I feel like that's almost the the wrong. I wish there was another phrase for it because you come in and and it has such a nice little ambiance. Oh yeah, they've got a little section, a little area for live music. They've got a couple of video games. You can play darts. You can play darts. They have, um, like I said, about probably 16 
taps. Yeah. There's a huge Star Wars theme running through the place because mm-hmm. the original owners were big Star Wars fans. The current owners, which is a father and two sons, mm-hmm. are also big science fiction and Star Wars fans. It's great. They have incorporated a bunch of classic and collectible toys into the decor there. Awesome. And on one side, there are, are these shelves, and these guys have gone through and curated a bunch of bottles and cans mm-hmm. of all kinds of beers from all over the country. Actually, from yeah. all over the world. They do have some international offerings there as well. There's such a wide variety for you to try, and you can try there in the tap room, and they have food trucks. Yeah, they, they have food trucks, I think, at least twice a week. They, the bottles, if you decide to get bottles or cans, they have an ultra-rapid chiller. Mm-hmm. So you can hand them the bottle or can, give them a few minutes, mm-hmm. they put it in the ultra-rapid chiller, and mm-hmm. then you're ready to crack it and try it right there. But they do have some that are cold already as well. Yes, they have so, mm-hmm. so, But if they're not, they can help you out with that, and then you could have great food. Like there's a Mediterranean truck called Hunger Station that we've talked about on the show before. Hunger Station, Currywurst Truck. Currywurst um, Truck. Of course, Beach Brothers, Beach Brothers Barbecue. Barbecue. Just, and the Schnitzel Express. Yes. Right? Those are ones that you see quite frequently there. And I know there are others, I just can't remember. But it's it's such a great place, and they know their beer. Yeah. and They, they know their they, beer. The guys there know a ton about beer. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're getting just getting into craft beer, it can be daunting. Because mm-hmm. if you, all you know is Budweiser and McUltra, like and what like, do you do? What do you do? What's mm-hmm. your jumping off point? Mm-hmm. And they've started incorporating some stuff that's for the beginner in mm-hmm. craft beer. Yeah, and then they have the the stuff for the more advanced uh, craft beer aficionado. And then if you're not a beer fan, they also have incorporated ciders and meads. Yes. And the spiked seltzer that seems to be sweeping the. Uh, breweries and, and bars. I, and, and I believe that we've even seen the some of the hard coffee offerings. True, true, true. Too. So yes. there's a little something for everybody mm-hmm. there. We highly recommend checking it out. And even if you're not a drinker, get something non-alcoholic there. Listen to some mm-hmm. of the live music. Yeah. They have great local artists performing. Or trivia. Or their trivia night. Mm-hmm. Again, tons to do. And, and just number three. A neat bunch of people. Yeah. But while I was there, uh, I tried a relatively new offering that um, that I, I didn't know existed, and I'm glad that I found. <laughs> this is called the Innis and Gun mm. Kindred Spirits Stout. It sounds cool just from the name. It is. Well, this is an Irish stout that was aged in whiskey barrels, and I believe that the barrel in particular is Tullamore Dew. We had that on a whiskey flight at Raglan Road, I think. I believe so. Yeah, so good. And this stout comes in at 6.1% ABV and 40 IBU. So it's a little higher on the bitterness units. Mm -hmm. And I can just tell you that unlike some barrel-aged beers... Mm -hmm. This was not overpowered by the barrel. So it wasn't overly boozy is what you're saying? Not at all. Okay. This was smooth, Mm. maybe a mild um, peatiness. 
oh, kind of in the background. Like, first, like the way that people describe scotch. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was very subtle. This was not like a bourbon barrel aged stout that mm. you would get where you get that that very strong vanilla or caramel. It wasn't like oh, that at all. Okay. It was much, much more subtle than I expected it to mm. be. And at 6.1%, I mean, this is starting to climb up there in terms yeah. of the ABV, but yeah. the, uh, again, got the small taster, mm-hmm. good to go. And yeah. I hung out there for a while because they had some live music. Oh. And it was just a really good time. Packed house, very popular. Such nice people there. Uh, shockingly, I was the only person to walk in with a Marvel um, uh, Infinity Gauntlet Shockingly. On. I don't get it. You all weren't dressed for the for the occasion. Just saying. I mean, it didn't say it was a costumed Infinity Gauntlet kind of. I don't need your negativity. Okay. Well. So. I think you channeled your inner eight year old in more than one way. Maybe. At That's, this uh, at this local event. You're, ju- <laughs> you're just jealous you had to work. I know. So from there. I actually went okay. relatively close, mm-hmm. and this is another spot in downtown Cape Coral called Big Blue Brewing. Yeah. Big Blue Brewing is the sister company of our yes. friends at Wicked Dolphin Distilling. Oh. And Big Blue Brewing has their brewery as well as their restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they have a full-service restaurant attached to the brewery there. And while I was there, I, I was able to solve the riddle, find the stone, and I checked out their chocolate milk stout, their milk mm. stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes in at 5.7% ABV. It's a little bit lower than the rest of them you've been talking about that were on your little tour. Yes. Yeah. And uh, 21 IBU. Well, and you know, we're on the bitterness scale. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also, I was pounding water a lot also because I was trying to stay high, get, you know, rehydrated. Mm. Um, and I just, I was, I was not wanting to, to rehydrate with beer. I mean, the joke is always, oh, I'll get rehydrated. And yeah. You know, but no, I was, I was really drinking a lot of water and, and taking my time, kind of enjoying the place, getting the photo and, and uh, trying to make sure that I, I, you know, got a good read on these beers. They're, they're milk stout. I'm a fan of milk stouts. I love that mouthfeel, that mm-hmm. smoothness and that little bit of sweetness that the lactose gives. Mm-hmm. So yeah. whether it's a left-hand milk stout or others, I, I tend to default to liking that. So uh, if, if it's a style that you're good at, chances are I'm going to like it. And they mm. do one. This is almost like a grown-up chocolate milk. Oh. So it's not quite as it's not quite as chocolate forward as say J Dub's Bell Cow. Okay. But still very smooth. But very oh, very smooth. Mm-hmm. Very, very but smooth. But it was not on nitro. Um I actually, I don't remember if this one was on nitro or not. I don't think it was. Okay. The, um, but the, the body of this was very light. Mm. So, yeah. uh, very easy drinking. I would say, you know, when you're talking 5.7% ABV, you know, mm. again, when you're starting to climb up towards six, that's when you're like, whoo, slow down. So mm-hmm. I just got the, I got the itty bitty, you know, the, the, it was kind of a weird glass they gave it to me. It was like tall and skinny and then, uh, fluted at the top. Oh, kind of weird. Okay, but whatever. You know, again, I was just there to there to solve the Would it make a good beer shake? This would make a good beer shake with the appropriate ice cream. Okay, I don't think it's chocolatey enough to trick you into thinking you're having a chocolate shake. So if you're going to do it with chocolate ice cream, Mm. you could. Okay, or just enjoy the fact that it's a a good milk stout and go with a nice vanilla bean. Yes. Don't overpower. Don't overpower. Don't overpower. Because if you sweetness. if you did it with a chocolate ice cream, you're going to lose all the flavor of the of okay. the beer. Good to so know. You could do that. Mm. So and then from there, I finished off 
at Eight Foot Brewing. Yes, we've been there, and they have some food there, and they they keep their rotation smaller. Yeah, they do a lot of wild fermentation, mm-hmm. so that that's kind of a, a different style that's kind of unique to them, mm-hmm. and they do very small batches of beer, mm-hmm. and it's a tiny place that's got a bar that you can sit at, which is really nice. It's like a concrete bar, and then yeah. you have got some high top tables and then they've got a nice seating area in the back corner couches couches um and i was able to find this was the hardest one to find was it oh my gosh um i ended up having to do a google search because one of the parts of the clue actually had like the name of a of a beer and they had (laughs) they had a a series of beer bottles in a windowsill and one of the bottles had was like a wine bottle oh and the stone was hidden under the wine bottle Okay. Because it had that indentation on the bottom. Yeah. I'm like, dang it. I mean, but mm. it, that one took me forever. But from there, and, and because they do a lot of that wild fermentation, they tend to gravitate a lot towards farmhouse style ales. Yeah. And sours. Well, this place was started by a home brewer also. Yes, it was. Right? That home yeah. brew inspiration. Yeah. And I, and I want to say that they just hit their one year anniversary very recently. Oh, yeah. Good. So, and they have a, had a great following there, uh, Pretty nice sized crowd. And they do have a run club as well that I would be interested in. They have a run club and they also do a lot of, of stuff with the vegan community. Which is awesome. They host like a vegan food fest there, which we still need to go check I out. I know. Because you know, we've talked about it a little bit. We do vegan six days a week mm-hmm. uh, as part of our our, our weight loss and, and health mm-hmm. uh, journey. And then, you know, on day seven, we eat in the style of drunken frat boy, you like, know. All the meat. Pizza, wings, beer, steaks, whatever. But I would love to go check out that that vegan food fest. For sure. So while I was there, I tend to, I I know that I'm going, I don't want to alienate any of our listeners, but I am not really a big fan of farmhouse ales and I am not a big fan of sours. It is a rare day that I'm going to say, give me the sour. Well, that's okay because I have encountered some sours and some saisons that I have been pleasantly surprised in life. Some, some, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking my default. What thing? Yeah, your I default like. is not, it's just like my default is not really an IPA or something that's super bitter. Although we keep saying that and we keep talking about IPAs that we like. So I know. So while I was there, I said, you know what, let me find something that I actually wanted to go even lighter on the ABV. And I said, hey, what do you got that's light, crisp, and refreshing? And they mm. said, try our Florida wheat. Mm. And this was we the, love this, wheat beers. Yeah, this was an orange wheat beer that was, I think, four point seven percent ABV, if I remember correctly. I, I took poor notes at this point because I was I was so frustrated with the uh, <laughs> with the riddle. I was trying to find time. the gem. Oh my gosh, the stone. That one was killing me. <laughs> and um, that one, I would say, is just a fantastic, light, easy drinking wheat ale with hints of orange. I mean. Would it be akin to like a blue moon? Better than a blue moon. Better than a blue yeah. moon. Or And I know there are plenty of, of beer snobs out there that are turn their nose up and go, Blue Moon sucks. Hey, look, for a lot of people that 
is craft beer. And well, it's a point of reference. It's a point of because reference. Because a lot of people have it throughout the country. And, and some people, you know, that's as adventurous as they get in there you know, because they're just, or that's the first entree into craft beer. So mm-hmm. we are not ones to judge people for no. the type of beer that they have or like. No. You know, I, but I think that that's a good point of reference. Like I like said. to give a frame of reference. Yeah. So yeah, I would equate it to that. Okay. It, it was, it was very much like that. Um, not too crazy on the ABV, nice mm-hmm. light body, medium to heavy carbonation, mm. um, light yellow color. I mean, it was just a lot to like about it. I, I was I was a fan there, and I'll have to go try it. Yeah, that was that was one that uh, is absolutely I would do a pint of on a hot day, mm-hmm. no problem at all. Did you win? <laughs> so you had to have the your infinity hunt. I started doing the hunt at about. Uh, three o'clock. Uh huh. And I finished at about eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it took me about five hours to go to all these places, do my tasters, do mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I submitted my sheet, and they posted the results yesterday, and I didn't win a thing. But I well, got to ride around town wearing my fun. Infinity Gauntlet. You had fun. Yeah, checking out these places, trying a place that was new. Yeah. And trying some beers that were new. So it was actually a very good event. And I would say that if you have breweries in your area that are doing something similar, get some friends together and yeah. go for it. Go do it. But again, something I'm going to recommend, if you're going to do entire pints, mm. you absolutely, especially as you get into the higher ABVs. Oh, yeah. If you're going to do entire pints. I know where you're going. Uber or Lyft. Yeah, rideshare, ride designated share, driver. Designated driver. So important. Stay the, safe. The way that I was maintaining my safety was making sure that I was doing, you know, tasters, if they were pouring it in the whole thing, not drinking the whole thing, and then giving myself plenty of time, you mm-hmm. know, an hour yeah. there. So, you know, you've got to be careful. You've got to be safe. You know, mm-hmm. the, we love Always. we love craft beer as a hobby. We think there's a yep. lot that it has to offer, but yep. there's absolutely no reason to drive impaired. Right. Stay absolutely safe. Not. Stay safe. 100%. So that was it for me and the antics that I had while Amy had to work her day job. And hey, for anybody who is a local listener or who comes to our area, you know there are great events happening and supported by our local tap rooms and breweries. And in Southwest Florida, the craft beer scene is strong and mm-hmm. getting stronger. Yeah, and I'm sure that in your hometowns you have events similar to this or th- themed that kind of showcase local food and local beverage, and that is just, it's fantastic. And if you've got something cool in your area, tell us about it. Go to info at runeatdrink.net. Let us know what's going on in your neighborhood. We would love to hear it. Or give us a call at 941-677-2733. Well, Dana, you know, this week we hit a huge milestone. We did. We hit on Facebook, the Run, Eat, Drink podcast page hit 400, 400 likes. We cannot thank you guys enough for liking, commenting, and sharing our information that we post on the Facebook page. And a special shout out to everybody who is part of our closed Facebook group, the Runcation Nation. You can search for it. You can request to be a part of it. And 
we can all share our race experiences and learn where to explore and indulge once we cross that finish line. It's awesome to have such a great community over on Facebook. So if you haven't checked it out, Run Eat Drink Podcast on Facebook, give us a like. If you're a runner, get into the Runcation Nation so we can all share with each other. Absolutely. And thank you. And have you run a race recently that our listeners should know about? Or would you like to be a guest on our show? Let us know. Or give us suggestions for future races. Send us destinations to eat and drink when traveling to your area. Yes. Leave us a one-minute message with your name, where you're from, and what you're interested in sharing at info at runatrink.net. Or leave us a message at 941-677-2733. That's 941-677-2733. And you'll probably hear this information very soon in our outro. And next Sunday, September 29th, we have a holiday for the Run, Eat, Drink podcast, and that is? It's very near and dear to my heart. If you follow (laughs) our social media anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you know we love coffee. And we have a great chat coming up that centers around coffee to celebrate this occasion, and we recommend that you don't miss next week's show. Oh, yes. So we're just going to tease that. Yes. Stay tuned for more. But for now... Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, great races, great training runs, and thanks for joining us. I'm Amy. And I'm Dana. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941 941- 677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.